Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages 6 and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Good morning, Christine. How are you? I'm okay-ish. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think we do need to sort of like popularize a new greeting, don't we? In our our society, a a, a pandemic era greeting. And I think that's a good one. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like that sort of kicks us off into this conversation, which is that I, I was thinking that this would be a good opportunity to talk about how distance learning is going, because I, I feel like distance learning and, and our kids' educational experiences are just really so much at the forefront of of our lives. They're really framing, um, you know, the space inside our family during the week. And I thought it would be really great if we could just, you know, talk about it a little bit, how it's going for us, how it's going for, for folks we know, just because, you know, I'm hearing so many different stories and experiences. And sometimes it's just nice to know what's actually going on in people's homes because mm-hmm. it's so intense um, in, you know, each of our experiences is so individual to us. Uh, so anyway, I thought we could spend today talking about what what's working, what isn't, you know, and just, just sort of how it's going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how is it going? I, I will say that um, I've really been trying to wake up in the morning and say, okay, today we're going to do it. We're, it's going to be great. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a struggle. Like every day is challenging in different ways. Um, and even if things actually, you know, it's interesting, even when things are basically totally fine, like nobody has melted down, everybody's tech has worked. Um, you know, the dog hasn't done anything terrible. Um, it's still hard because it's mm-hmm. just continuous. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that's the, well, I guess I'll say that generally speaking, my kids are surviving. Uh, mm-hmm. We are still fully remote, um, which is hard. And uh, there is, you know, they are doing the gradual sort of hybrid plan. The the city is, but um, they they have they're still not back in. And um, I'm fully expecting delays just because. Um, so we're just kind of muddling through that. And I would say the the biggest issue is me. <laughs> trying 
trying to um, figure out how to juggle being the point person all day for everything. And, you know, mm-hmm. right now I no longer work in my office. I work downstairs because um, of the dog and to be available for my kids and to help navigate transitions and whatever. And it is a lot. Um, I did not know you were not working in your home office. No, I can't work in my office right now. So that is mm. like really, it's a huge loss. Um, mm. And given that I'm juggling, I'm still working full time. Um, it is tremendously exhausting. Um, yeah. And so that, that's been hard. I mean, you know, we joke about how I'm the reluctant, you know, sports parent, but I yeah. have now embraced the two hours a week that Vi is at soccer practice because it's the only time I'm alone and I sit in my car and I do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so sad. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, we're, yeah. everybody's making it work in whatever way, shape or form they're doing it. So I, I just, I've been just beaming out as much empathy and love as I can because I know everybody is struggling. Yeah. How about you guys? Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, I think, First of all, you know, and I'm I'm still just sort of processing what you just said, and I I'm, it like I said, it's so helpful to to really hear the specifics of what's going on in in you know in other homes because when I really think about you not sitting in that office and still working, it's like oh boy, you know that gives me a completely different viewpoint on what you're doing these days. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um I well so first of all, I would say that I have probably the easiest possible distance learning situation. And so, um, meaning I have one kid left at home. She's a senior in high school and she is doing fully remote distance learning and she's very independent about doing it. So she, you know, she has a handle on the tech. We've got Wi-Fi. It's, it's all okay. She's got a separate desk, you know? So in that respect, um, it, the, the distance learning is very easy and my, you know, work setup is exceedingly flexible. So unlike you, I am not, I'm not, you know, sort of doing a full-time job. And so, you know, the logistics here are actually quite easy. Um, The logistics, let me underline. uh, (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, it's, um, it's just, it's just the, uh, it's just sort of the uh, psychological reality surrounding all of that. That is, that is difficult. And so, you know, we we've had a lot of um, family tragedy this year. We've had a lot of personal things going on that really have nothing to do with, you know, the difficulty. And so I think that for me, when I think about how hard it is for us, it I think about folks who are dealing with that. You know, all of us are dealing with psychological overhead mm-hmm. and all these other things. So I certainly know that I'm not alone in what I'm going through. Um so I would say that, you know, overall, it's it's really going as well as can be expected. I will say that um, online learning does not suit my daughter in the way mm. that she learns at all. Mm-hmm. And so while she is doing it and she is doing it well in terms of the academics, she it um, it is just taking everything out of her. And it's um, it's just a terrible thing to see, you know, that mm-hmm. light go out, but it's not going out forever. And I think. I mean, that's something we'll be talking about as we get into it. You know, we'll 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 be talking about the bigger context. But, um, you know, so there it goes. And I think it's worth also mentioning, you know, my son, he is off at off at college. He, um, you know, he lives in another state and he has taken this the semester off. So he's taken a leave of absence from college mm-hmm. um, and chosen to 
spend his time working, um, putting some money in the bank as opposed to doing online learning at college, which he feels like that is not what he went there for. It's not ideal for him in terms of his education. And so he's choosing to use his time differently. And I'm really quite proud of him for that because that was a huge step off of his path, which I think took a lot of bravery for him. So, and for him, that was his choice, you know, obviously for our kids who are, well, I mean, I guess we do have choices as well here in terms of how we do the education, but yeah. So, so that's how it's going in my house. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's just so weird how even like the little things are, are all, everything's just different. Like the other day, um, you know, our right, right on our corner actually is usually a bus stop. Like it's Violet's bus stop. And, um, the other week a bus stop actually stopped there. And I was like, what's happening? Like, (laughs) it was like an, it was like a UFO sighting. (laughs) So it's just, um, it, it stuns me continually how those little teeny things are just so odd. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's, um, you know, I think it's also, uh, gosh, I mean, I don't even know how to say this exactly, but one of the, to me, big things, because, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking about this in such a big picture way sometimes, you know, there are certain commonalities we, we all have in life, you know, I mean, they're small, but, you know, generally like I go to work, my kid goes to school, you know what I mean? These are, these are pretty big things. And those things are now so different for each person, mm. depending upon where they live, depending upon what their employment situation is, or, you know, really depending upon the age of their kid, you know, imagine, well, you have a young one and an older one, but, you know, I've been thinking a lot about people with, you know, multiple young ones or a young oh, yeah. one. I mean, it's just like the situation is so different um, depending upon, you know, what, what your, you know, what your context is. And so we don't exactly have a common language for this, mm-hmm. what we're going through right now. So anyway, again, I feel like that's why that's part of the reason why it's just so valuable to be able to like hear and talk about what's actually going on inside of other people's families. For sure. Just, you know, we just need to get some perspective on that. Yeah. And, you know, one one quick thing I want to mention before, uh, which your comment made me think of, which I want to say before we jump into our tips. But um, this week I did a virtual speaking engagement, which was really Mm -hmm. lovely, kind of, you know, kind of odd, but really lovely. And it was with a parents group um, for a suburb that maybe, I don't know, you know, half, half an hour from me. You know, it's not super far. It's definitely still in Massachusetts. Um, and I was I kind of did like a quick survey of kind of where people were at with remote school and all that stuff, you know, because we're still fully remote and they're back in like four days a week already. So I was like, whoa, you know, it wow. it just reminded me how even in your immediate, let's say 10 mile radius, um, people's experiences will be really different. And it's just that our worlds have shrunk so small. (laughs) So, um, you you know, your comment just made me think of that. And I think it is, you know, so I think it'll be good to kind of walk through some of the basics to kind of help people hopefully find a little relief in, in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's, yeah. Let's dive in. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with something really basic because I figure, hey, if there's something like really simple that you can control and take care of, like why not do it? Um, So my first recommendation is to just like check on basic bio needs. So I'm talking here about snacks and hydration because everybody in my house gets 
hangry. Um, <laughs> uh, and also, I found in the first couple weeks that both of my girls were getting headaches, um, not just because of the screens, but because of not drinking enough water. Like I was literally like, okay, drink this huge thing of water and then things were better. And it, it occurred to me like, you know, gone are the sort of like natural water fountain breaks when you're walking down the hallway sort of thing. So mm-hmm. keep a Nalgene or whatever, like right at their desk or have them do that. Um, and also I would recommend, you know, buying or ordering snacks in bulk. So you just have one less thing to think about for a while. Super mm-hmm. basic, but just something you can actually wrap your head around. Oh, so smart. And uh, yeah, I know it's like we're so many of us are used to this stuff happening, you know, you know, in another building. So you sort of forget about that, but not just the snacks and hydration, which I think is crucial, but also, you know, standing up from the chair, walking around, Mm -hmm. even, you know, Mm -hmm. peeking their head out the door just so their eyes have a chance to focus on something in the distance, those sorts of things. um, It's hard for them to do that without reminders sometimes because Mm -hmm. Like you said, you actually said something earlier when you said that our worlds have gotten so small, but yet they require such intense focus that it it is hard to, I mean, I'm so glad you started with this because it's hard to remember that basic stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, my first tip is to really sort of, before you make any sort of big decisions beyond snacks and hydration, um, to remind yourself about the sort of social emotional context and backdrop that you specifically are dealing with. I mean, we know that school is so much more than academics for our kids. And yet right now, for those of us who are remote learning, but even for kids who aren't, um, you know, the academics are right there in the forefront. And so that might be what they're talking about. That might be what they're thinking about. But there's so much more juggling that's happening for them emotionally. And I think it's really good to sort of start where you are. Um, I actually know some families who are, their kids are unexpectedly happier with distance learning because it Mm. sort of just solves certain sort of social problems for them or other things. They appreciate the, you know, they're a little introverted, so it gives them a little feeling of safety. Or, you know, your kid may be really missing the social content, contact of school. Um, I just think it's really good to sort of think about where you are. Mm-hmm. first, before you um, just focus on trying to solve all the tech and the logistical problems and and embrace the fact that your situation is going to be unique. That's just, the you know, every single thing that we're doing in terms of academics and, and everything else is happening against that backdrop. So that has helped me. Um, you know, I, I've had to remind myself of that many, many times because my daughter, who's a very positive uh, sort of um, look to the future kind of person has really, you know, turned inward in some ways. And at first I was sort of talking to her a little bit about her attitude. And then I realized, oh my gosh, there is so much more going on. Mm -hmm. So that's just a little bit of permission to give yourself to really, really, you know, start there. I think that is such a great point to um, start with Asha, because, you know, the reality is that right now, so much of the schooling is just focused on you know, the academics and the logistics and trying to, (laughs) um, you know, fit everything in and get everything working. And this social emotional piece, I mean, I've always felt like it's, it's more important than anything. Yeah. (laughs) Right from the beginning. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a lot more to discuss and we will do that after a quick break. 
Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, we are back. And we are talking about supporting kids during distance learning. And I'm going to line up, tee up rather, with another sort of logistical thing that you can try to control (laughs) because so much is out of our control. And it is to check in with your kids about their tech setup. I have just been hearing tons of frustration from parents and kids about tech. I mean, part of it's, you know, connection speed, Zoom woes, things like that. But I found that even just checking in about like little things like, are your earbuds comfortable? Like is, you know, uh, things like that, like little basics, those little aggravations can build up really quickly, I'm finding. So, um, you know, just take a moment to check in and and see what's happening with the setup. And I think um, we solved a bunch of problems uh, kind of in the first week or two based on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gosh, you know, this this is one of those places where, you know, I have gotten off scot-free. My daughter's tech setup works. She knows how to use it. And again, I think to myself about parents who have younger kids, parents who have multiple kids who are doing different schooling. And I am just, um, you know, while also, you know, you're trying to do your job, you know. And mm-hmm. so I have so much sort of like I want to reach my arms out and hug because I that must be so unbelievably frustrating. When it's like, you know, drop connection, something as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And everyone's trying to work off the same Wi-Fi. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's, <laughs> I know for us, we have lots of, um, you know, extra earbuds sitting around and various little pieces of tech that, you know, we tend to, you know, we've been checking in with neighbors and finding out, you know, do you need this? Do you need that? Cables, stuff like that. That's another thing that sometimes can help is to just check with your local, mm-hmm. um, you know, your your local um community about if you need extra stuff, if you need extra, you know, little bits of your tech setup that can ha- that can help 
without you having to go out and buy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So my next tip is is similar um, in terms of, uh, you know, something that you can control, but it's to be on their tech, set to, tech setup to check in on their physical space. Mm-hmm. So is it warm enough? Like my daughter's doing her thing in the basement. We had to warm it up a little bit. Is it cool enough? Do they have natural light if that's an option? Um, do, you know, would a little bit of extra coziness be helpful? Like maybe moving a stuffed animal from their bedroom to where they're sitting. Believe it or not, like sometimes stuff like that actually helps or a little rug. Um, you know, how is the noise? How is the noise where your kid is doing school? Sometimes I find that, we, you know, we are all using our home spaces so differently than we've ever mm-hmm. used them before. And people are needing their spaces to do their things. And so this like multi-use um, setup in our homes means that sometimes there, there are, there's noise in unexpected places. So, um, you know, another thing that I have found for my daughter is that sometimes just a change of scene can help her actually do her schoolwork. So is there more than one place that school can happen? Now, there's the tech setup place, but maybe if it's time for them to do some reading, is there another place that they can do the reading? These little tiny routine adjustments and space adjustments can actually really help just break things up a little bit for kids who just can't sit in one place, you know, for for hours and hours. So it, it's just it's it's good to just bring a little bit of a new mind to some of that stuff. I agree. And I, you know, I, I like that you mentioned, well, I think it's really cute. You mentioned stuffed animals. I was like, I got to check if my space has a stuffed animal because I'm sure that would help her. Um, yeah. She does have a picture, a framed picture of the, the poodle of James on her desk. Um, but I'm also like, I think I might need to splurge and get myself a nice blankie for like, mm-hmm. so just so, you know, to make myself feel better. No, we um, have, we have various blankies in our house and I, they have been traveling. Let me tell yeah. you. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, so my next recommendation really connects to the first thing you talked about, Asha, about the social emotional piece, which I already said, I feel like is one of the most important. And I think that has been the huge thing around here. So my recommendation is to figure out social connection time, you know, safely in the way that your family is comfortable with. Um, that has been the huge loss for both of my kids. And I would say, you know, Vi, Laurel's our household extrovert. Vi is a little more introverted for sure, but she still really values that time with friends. Um, so my teenager, she's self-sufficient. And, you know, if anything, we, we wrestle with, you know, reigning in that time a little bit. But, you know, for Vi, since she's a fourth grader, we still have to work on making sure that happens. Um, and it's been a clear pattern around here that, she has harder days on days when she hasn't had social connection time. So um, just to give you a couple like pragmatics uh, for listeners to for how that's working is um, like she has, for example, a one hour lunch and recess break midday. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have worked on coordinating a couple days a week, at least where she meets a neighborhood friend and they swap houses and meet for lunch and recess. Um mm-hmm. Which has been awesome. And then the other amazing thing that has been so great and like the perfect social distancing thing is um, she has she's really lucky. We have a couple of kids in the neighborhood that are like good friends that live within a block, basically, and they go bike riding together. Some permutation Mm -hmm. of this two or three groups, you know, kids in this group and they just ride around. They're getting independent. Um, They're together, but they're apart. (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> that is perfect. When and I see groups of kids on bikes, it, it just seems like the ideal thing. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. And at first I was like super nervous because we were in a very, we live in a very busy, you know, area, but um, they, they have figured it out. You know, it's mm. very, it's very reminiscent of what it was like, you know, growing up in the 70s. <laughs> there's no phones. There's no, you know, it's, it's really good. It, it has taken a little adjusting to, but it's amazing. So mm-hmm. I can't say enough how huge that has been for survival around here. Mm, that's really wonderful. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Social connection time. That is also our, our big loss here. <clears throat> um, we have, we have uh, bubbled up with two families, you know, and boy, that was complicated to figure that out, but we have mm-hmm. figured that out. So, you know, my daughter does have two very loved friends who she sees, um, but it, it's, <laughs> it, it continues to be tricky, but, but that has, I think, been a saving grace for us. You know, kids need each other and um, which is not to say that bubbling is correct for everyone. You know, I, I, I don't necessarily think that it is. And I think that it took us such a long time to figure that one out for ourselves. But mm-hmm. um, however, that social connection time can happen. And there are a lot of socially distanced way to, ways to do it, even though it's not the same. So I think another piece of that, and now I'm imagining Vi on her bike with her friends, is to require some daily outdoor time, even just 15 minutes for kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's just, you know, stepping outside, you know, your front door, your building and just, you know, walking around the block. I think that fresh air, that visual rest, getting into their bodies and out of their heads, which right now is even more of a thing than it is usually because they are literally just staring at talking heads on, mm-hmm. on their remote, you know, on their screens and their zoom setups. Um, as they get into their bodies, it just really helps kids with just lowering all those, those sort of physical signals, helping them reintegrate what they're learning. It just really helps. And this is a place where I've really had to push with my daughter. This is sort of the, the fight that I've decided to have. And, um, you know, she's inclined to, you know, during the break times to look at her phone or, or whatever, to chat with her friends, which I understand. But this is a really basic health thing, which mm-hmm. I think is helping her, even though she doesn't always like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not always successful pushing her out the door. But I think it's a huge piece of her mental and physical health. And I think that's true for not just kids, all of us. All of us. I mean, yes. just yesterday I was talking to John about how, you know, he's like, you need to get outside more. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, um, you know, and it's it's hard. I get it. Like when you're trying to jam all manner of things into the spare minutes you have. But it, it really, right. it really is important. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have more to talk about, Asha, and we will do that after a quick break. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. 
All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hello, friends. We're back. And uh, my last tip of this episode is to simplify everything else in your life. Now, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, first of all, that is probably so obvious. And second of all, uh, there is just a massive irony here that I am talking about editing your life because, you know, the fact is so much has been edited for us without our consent. It's like, oh, thanks a lot, Asha, for saying that. But what I'm so so allow me to clarify, because I think um, the fact is that for us as parents, you know, we are just pouring so much um, attention and love and energy into trying to support our kids through this incredibly difficult time. Mm. There just isn't the same amount of energy. I mean, obviously, but I want to say it out loud for everything else. So I am, you know, going to suggest that you give your life another once over to see if there are any kind of family stressors that can be paused or removed entirely. Things like maybe there is just a particularly hated chore. I know that that this was the case for us. There is a particularly hated chore. And for my daughter, that's taking out the the the, we have a little compost bin. She hates doing it. She hates it so much. And like it was just causing this problem. And it was like, okay, can we just switch around the chores a little bit? You do this and I'll do that. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, it was a tiny little, tiny little stressor off of her. But that's what I'm talking about. Tiny Mm -hmm. little stressors. Or the flip side of that, can something joyful be added like a weekly funny TV show or even cereal for dinner once a week? Something like that, that just adds a little bit of lightness to the energy in your home. I think that while we are dealing with this strange schooling situation and also our strange working situation, everything else that we can simplify just needs to go. 
Yes. And I love that you um, mentioned both. I mean, this is the core of what we talk about, right? It's editing stuff out that, you know, can go and really is negotiable. And then Mm -hmm. adding stuff in that you really need in order to feel like a human being. (laughs) So I, I love that. And, you know, we've definitely, uh, I think the way you said it is like, give it, give, give your systems like a look over or something. And I think that's really true. Like, I think, you know, we get in our patterns and it really is important to just kind of take a look and say, Hey, is there something I could tweak? So, um, Mm -hmm. And I think that compost example is a really good one. Um. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, especially because, you know, like like you said, we get into our patterns and our patterns are comforting because like the last thing we want to do is expend more effort coming up with new systems and new patterns. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, I've already figured that out. Do I have to rethink this through? But, you know, if we the, our lives are so dramatically different that there might be things that we can let go of that we just couldn't let go of before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to close with something that I think is very related to, you know, what you were just talking about. And my recommendation is to talk family system. I've talked about the family system before. John and I talk about it all the time. And just the idea is that, you know, in a nutshell, like every choice that each person in a family makes ultimately impacts everybody else in some way. Right. So um, I guess my point is that you will be better equipped to help your kids and be a better partner and whatever um, if you help yourself and make your needs known. Um, I know that I struggle with this a lot. Like I, on the one hand, I'm really good at using my voice. And then on the other hand, I kind of like just clamp down and power through and kind of eat my feelings. And so <laughs> like just absorb them. Mm-hmm. So the other day I realized I was getting super resentful because I felt like my needs were basically last in the priority lane, like mm-hmm. behind all the humans and the four-legged creature in the house. And, you know, even though it sucked, like part of it was like, I have to speak up and say what I need. And so, you know, we try to do sort of a morning meeting check-in. It doesn't always work depending on kind of like what's happening that day, but I just can't, you know, recommend enough how important it is to really have everybody express what they need in order to survive right now, because you know, we really are in survival mode. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> and we are. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just, leave well, it I think, that, you know, I, I, the beauty of that too, is this notion that, you know, it's a family system. Each person has needs and, you know, that balance can shift and change. It's not about in individual people competing with each other. It's about a family working together. And I mean, if that's not a metaphor for where we are as a society, I, I don't know where we are. And I, I just, I feel like to operate that way in your family is so great for your kids because it sort of helps them um, place themselves in this, this larger context as well. Mm -hmm. You know, this is just such a big time and, and, and practicing inside your family saying, Hey, this is what I need. And listening to other people say, Hey, okay, well, this is what I need all right, what can we do to make that, you know, happen as best as we possibly can with some compromise? I feel like that is, you know, repeatedly doing that really helps a whole family get get through this period of time. Yeah, absolutely. These, you know, these needs just change constantly. And um, I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> especially you're talking about your four-legged creature, how, you know, your needs sometimes come behind his. I, I think that sometimes, too, about my own dog. I always think about his exercise more than I think about my own. And it's like, oh, I just noticed that I did that. Hmm. 
Yeah, maybe I need to think that through a little bit. I know. I yeah, know. It's really yeah. like having a baby. Um, <laughs> all right, Asha. Well, what is your next edit for this episode? All right. Well, uh, so my next edit is going to sort of harken back to that social emotional context I was talking about right at the beginning. And that is to set up a listening session with your kid. What I mean by that is a chance to just sit with them, you know, maybe with a blankie and some hot chocolate or, you know, taking a walk or in the car or whatever and ask a few open ended questions and really listen to the answer. So not much talking from you, lots of listening. Um, you know, with all these logistics and problems to solve, I feel like the moments to listen to those between the lines messages that kids give us, it just feels impossible. You know, mm. there's so much happening in our lives right now. And so I'm just going to encourage you, if you can, to look for an opportunity, you know, for a conversation like that. It may or may not happen. It may not be the way you or your kid works. But I think um, I have found some really surprising things when I have been able to quiet myself down and just listen to what my daughter has to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a great that's a great recommendation. Yeah. What about you? Well, my your next edit is to connect with your kid's teacher. This might be um, maybe a little more relevant for parents of little kids, but I actually and I will credit that I got this idea from the wonderful Dr. Robin Silverman, who was our guest on episode 207, um, Navigating Pandemic Back to School Season, which would be worth a listen if you, <laughs> because I feel like we're still in it. We're still in it. Um, but I have found that with little kids, it's really hard not having those sort of visual or just quick wave touch points with the teacher on the playground. It's really odd. So what I did actually the first week of school is I just wrote um, Vi's teacher a quick email. Well, it was probably longer than I should have should have done, but I just wrote just to let her know kind of like who Vi is and what she likes, what she struggles with, just to give her a sense of... Um, you know, that's kind of the fact finding that teachers do in those first weeks in person, which can't happen now. Um, and I felt like that, you know, she wrote a role just like quick thank you back. But I feel like that kind of established a little bit of a relationship, um, which actually then a week into school kind of made it more comfortable for me to reach out about something that I was struggling with. And then we were just able to tackle it right away. So, I, you know, direct sauce, direct communication is just really, really good. And so I'd encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to connect with your teacher yet, kind of one-on-one via email to go ahead and do that. Well, I think that's wonderful. And I think on the, you know, just if you sort of think about it from the teacher's perspective, that also must be wonderful for them. Because when I think about what teachers are doing right now, teaching to a screen, to little squares, I mean, you know, the connection that they, that probably completely fuels them as educators. Oh my goodness. I think those human touches for them must also feel really, really good. Yeah. And I will say also thank you emails. Like we've sent a couple of those too, you know, just thank you for what you're doing. And this is just so hard. I know. I know. It's amazing. Uh, Thank goodness for teachers. I've said that many times, but Mm -hmm. boy, the teachers, the administrators, the people that make this stuff happen. Wow. Yeah. All right, friends. Boy, I I wish we could all have a big group hug right now. Seriously. (laughs) Really, really do. But, uh, you know, we're in this with you and and we're really thinking about you right now. So you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned and a few really great articles that we didn't even talk about um, in our show notes at edityourlifeshow.com. 
And this week, we'd like to know what's one of the biggest challenges you're experiencing with distance learning? Hop over to facebook.com slash edit your life show and look for the question of the week pinned to the top of the page. Or you can chat with us on Instagram at edit your life show. Thanks for listening. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.